So welcome everybody to the Mindset Reload webinar for August. Outgrowing, I mean, yeah, outgrowing your environment. Got lost on growing. Take two. Take two. Outgrowing your environment. So basically, for those of you who have never been on here, we talk about different topics we like to get some definitions of, try to understand the meanings of certain things, and then also um, put a twist on what does that mean, what does that look like, how does it look, um, you know, better at that or to allow that to move in your life. So, like I said, this month's webinar is based on how to outgrow your environment, right? So, topic one would be, let's recognize your environment. So, the definition of environment is the surroundings or conditions in which a person, animal, or plant lives or operates, which I think that's self-explanatory. We all know that environment is important for growth. If you think about it, metaphorically as a plant. You can't just plant a plant anywhere, right? Certain plants need direct sunlight, certain need not a lot, some need more water than others, et cetera, right? So each plant, just like us, is very unique to its environment in order to grow. It's got to have the right amount of nutrients, it's got to have the right amount of elements around it that allow it to prosper, right? Can we all agree to that? Uh, so, what would a bad environment look like? So, a bad environment can refer to a physical or social setting that is harmful to one's physical, mental, or emotional well-being. Okay. What does a healthy environment look like? If someone wants to tell us, one of you guys, speak up and give an example, what does a healthy environment look like to you? Anybody? Encouragement, encouraging one another. That was the first thing I had on my list. Encouragement. Next. Not toxic. Non toxic. Absolutely. Anybody else? What would be an example of a healthy environment? An environment that promotes growth. Growing's on here. So I got growing. I got encouraging, peaceful, right? Non-toxic, peaceful, growing, nurturing, and something that also feels secure, right? Would be an example of healthy environment. And type of environment could include either relationship, friendship, family, work, etc. Right? So it's easy to be, you know, first of all, when we're, when we're born, we're caught in the environment of the one we were created in, right? Our parents, grandparents, etc. Oh, I got to listen to my right. So, you know, our first environment wasn't chosen by us, right? It was given to us, and then as we grow, we grow into different seasons and different chapters in life. And some earlier than others, but sometimes you don't get to pick, pick, pick your environment until young adulthood, right? You're kind of um, just not really lost in the process, but you are stuck in an environment that you didn't create, someone else created for you, and then you learn that you got to outgrow that environment, you can't, right? So what are some ways that you can outgrow your environment? Does anybody have any suggestions? 
So with me, much like most of you guys on here, big family guy came from a big family, only knew what I was taught from the country. Um, didn't really see the potential until I was probably 18, 19 years old when I started working out for the big cities and stuff. And then, you know, early age, my dad died and I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina for work. And that's kind of when I saw the big picture, my first growth opportunity. Because prior to that, I was, I was going to play football forever. I was going to play baseball forever, et cetera. So when I needed that change and I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina to work, that city, and, and Rick and I have talked about this in previous podcasts, that city was so far in advance from where I was from that it allowed me to grow to that environment, right? It's like, how many of y'all know the phrase of fish can only grow as big as the environment it's the pond, the lake, the tank it's in, right? Yes, sir. Now, that's the same thing with us, maybe not physically, but emotionally and mentally and tapping into our full potential, that's what that looks like. Right. You know, there's several people on this call right now that I have had the pleasure of working with now and working with in the past at work. And each and every one of them on this call, um, they're on now can attest that not only in the environment that I worked with them in did I grow myself, but everybody that's on this call that I've worked with in the real world before, I helped grow as well. Not that I was the reason they grew, but just encouraging. I was the guy that says, hey, look, you can do better. You can be better. Let me help you get there by teaching you this. And that's what you got to surround yourself with, right? If you're, if you're trapped in an environment where you're pegged against each other, whether that's at work, whether that's in a relationship, friendship, or whatever, no one's growing because all the bitterness, all the friction, everything's just going to keep everybody where it's at, you know? And let me tell you something. Growing, whether that be emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, you're going to lose a lot of friends if you thought the friends. Okay? When you start changing, you will notice your change by the amount of people that it's not there anymore. And that can be depressing. And we'll get into that with Rick in a minute. That will happen when you decide I'm not going to go, you know, do the things I used to do, you know, it could be good or bad. Like, it doesn't mean like, yeah, obviously if you used to party and you don't, that's one thing. But there's also the people that used to go do things that they don't do anymore, but it wasn't that it was necessarily bad or habit forming, but you get to a point to where you turn it off because you want to grow and you know, you know what, that had nothing to do with self-improvement. Like, for instance, there's nothing wrong with watching college football. There was a time where I would get up on Saturday mornings and wish I was in the only time I'd wish I was in California. But because when you wake up in California, football is on as soon as you wake up, right? And I, I could watch it all day. But that didn't make me better. Right? That 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 was cool and we would go to games, but there was there wasn't any self-improvement, right? So when you grow, you've got to leave things behind. And open up the opportunities for, for other things to prosper, right? I would say, you know, personally in my life, there's been several growth opportunities. Um, there's, let me see who all is on here. So out of everybody on here, 
David and Colin have known me the longest. Colin goes back to what, Colin? 2018? Yeah. But I believe we worked together in 2018. David, I've known you since 2018 from the state of Maine from Texas Music Group. All right. Colin, Texas, that's about right. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, and Rick, it was 2019-20 when you came along. All right, so David Indeed. and Colin. David, from a personal perspective, my life, whether it be relationship, business-wise, whatever, has changed a lot where I've lived, where I've moved, and everything else. And, and the thing about it is, you just have to have that, that mindset that, hey, I'm not really going to, like, Put my faith in another person, another place, another job to make me happy. It's nothing about that. It's realizing your self-worth and knowing if I'm staying in this environment, whether that be work, a place, a person, it is not bringing me to my potential. And if they're doing anything, it's holding me back, right? Because I've spoke a lot on these podcasts about how true happiness only comes from peace. Mm. And, and and I believe that and I argue that to death with anyone because money makes you temporarily happy because the dopamine is chemical that it gives you the excitement. So does a relationship when you first start. So does buying a brand new car. That's why you wash it every day for two months. And all of a sudden, you don't wash it anymore, right? But you can find a billionaire that's miserable, but you'll never find someone who is at peace and not happy. It's impossible, okay? So finding that environment makes you happy. Is it scary? Yes, scary. Is it challenging? Yes, it's challenging. You know, we had a men's group at church this morning, and we talked about stepping out and, and doing things, you know, and taking chances. One guy was talking about how he's changing his employment up completely opposite of what he would normally do, and he's not making as much as he would, but he knows the stress, not necessarily the stress, but the, the restraint that puts on him will actually make him better because you get comfortable. And I've said it a thousand times, comfort is where dreams and ambition go to die. Now, we all aim to be comfortable. I'm not saying you don't have a day off and you're comfortable watching on the couch for a few hours or whatever. I'm saying in life, I personally can never just be comfortable because there's always something to do. My wife says all the time, stop, slow down, you're an overachiever, et cetera, et cetera. But in my mind, I'm like, if I stop, there's something not getting done. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's in my head is because there have been so many awesome things happen in my life by accident. Maybe not necessarily by accident from the spiritual realm, but when I woke up that day, I didn't plan on having that conversation that led to something. When I woke up that day, I didn't plan on meeting someone that landed me my next gift, right? So if you just sit back and you don't go out into an environment that allows opportunity, you're, you're basically sheltering yourself, right? So it's like, hey, a lot of people sit back and be like, hey, I want God to take control, but they still want to keep their foot on the brake pedal, mm. right? Hey, I'm going to go get therapy with Rick. Man, this is great. I appreciate it, but they still gonna be a little timid. They're gonna be able to do that little foot on the brake pedal. Just like back in the day when they had, uh, David, you're probably the oldest guy here, not to call you out, but 
back in the day, they did have driving school cars where the driving school director had a brake pedal in the passenger floorboard. And what that was is if it got a little bit out there, he could control it. And that's what we try to do with lots sometimes and opportunities. So if you fully believe that, hey, I'm jumping in, this opportunity is good for me. And you know what? There's been opportunities in my life that's like, yeah, that was definitely a God thing or that definitely was meant to be because it was a peaceful, like the transition was peaceful. You can't get really lost in that either because sometimes some transitions are hard, but they make you a better person and prepare you for the next step. Right? Does that make sense? Yes, right, so, so Rick, everybody, this is Rick Bermudez. Rick is a great friend of mine. He's also my co-host. He's also a business partner with Mindset Reload and CMR Wellness. But he was also my personal therapist when I was trying to figure my own mindset out, where I was, what I needed to do, and I needed answers and I needed direction. So everybody meet Rick. And Rick, recap what we just talked about. And uh, your perspective on outgrowing your environment. All right. And how important that is and what that looks like. All right. Well, first off, what's going on, people? How's everybody doing in the room? We're going to do a check-in real quick. How's everybody doing? Holla at me. Good. All right. Give me that energy, folks. Feed me. Great. What's up? What's going on, peoples? Good. I couldn't figure out how to unmute myself. It's all right, girl. Listen, I struggle with that too sometimes. It's struggle getting on the show. She's like you're in one of those old school movies back in the day that we used to watch on Saturday mornings. Yeah. All right. So um just pretty much going over everything and taking a look at everything that John so elo you know eloquently spoke about. Um you know, just understanding what growth actually means, right? And and being able to outgrow our environments or grow in our environments. Um, the first thing you got to do is be able to recognize when you are not in a good environment. Um, that's probably the number one thing that I would always recommend people to look at, for people to look at. Um, a lot of times people don't even recognize when they're in a bad environment uh, because they're so used to it. Um, that's one of the most dangerous things that I that I that I really tell people to look out for, right? Um, sometimes we're in an environment that is negative, and just because we grew up in it or we are just naturally used to it, we don't recognize that it's not good for us. Um, that's called normalizing, and right? You actually, adapt to that. Yes, right? big time. Yeah, big time. You will easily adapt to normalizing that kind of an environment, and that's the last thing you want to do. Right. So rule number one, take a look at your environment. Right. Assess it. Um, take the time to do that. You know, get a piece of pen, get a paper and just write down what your environment looks like for you. Right. And then actually reread it. Right. Take a look at it and then be able to say to yourself, is this good for me? Right. Um, and recognizing when you're in a bad environment, that's the first step. That's the first step to battling um, trying to get out of a negative environment, right? We got to make sure that we recognize it and that we honestly, we're, we're honest with ourselves. A lot of people don't like being honest with themselves. That's just the reality, you know, um, or we make excuses for being in that environment. Well, you know, um, I'm in this environment because this is what my life is. Um, 
or sometimes people, right? The people that we're around. Oh, this person is, you know, they could be good to me sometimes. Um, you know, so I'm still hoping that one day they'll get it. Boom, bad environment, right? You're sticking to that environment because you feel comfortable in it. You know, John said it before, the worst thing we could do is become complacent, right? You know, the minute we become complacent, we get comfortable. And even if the environment is bad, we don't recognize it or we do recognize it. We just adapt to it. Right. And that's dangerous because then now we play into depression. Right. That plays into your anxiety. That plays into your um, depression. And that's something that you don't want to do. Um, next thing you got to do when you write that list out is what is it going to take for me to have a good environment? What does a good environment look like for me? What is a healthy environment look like for me? Right. What does growth look like for me? And that's really the main things that you got to do. Right. You got to be able to take a look at that and make that list for yourself. Right. Does a healthy environment for me look like me going to the gym? Is it me reading more? Is it me educating myself more going back to school? Um, is it me being on time? Is it me organizing myself? Um, you know, is it me taking a step back and taking a break? Right. Being able to take a, a, a mental health day or a, just a mental break in general. If you're like super, super busy. Right. Being able to just understand what it's going to take to begin to actually work through your healthy environment and make it come through for you. That's some of the biggest things that we got to take a look at that we sometimes, you know, unfortunately, we, we move through life without actually viewing that. Um. So in essence, it's, you know, I always tell people this, you know, we always say things are hard, right? How many of us say that word, right? Um, this, this, you know, give me a yes if you said that word before. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. So I got another yes. Anybody else? We've all said it. All the time. Yeah. So I got Colin says all the time. All right. Thank you, Colin. Everybody else is saying yes, right? So everybody has said something is hard, right? Now, what made it hard, folks? Let's see if you guys can answer that one. Me. Okay. Myself. Myself. Okay. Anybody else? Lack of discipline. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Lack, I love that. Lack of discipline. Oh, somebody else. Give me some more. I'm loving this. Nobody else? Going once, going twice. All right. Everybody is correct. Also, the biggest thing we got to realize is what do we put in our head the minute we say something is hard? Doubt. That we can't do it. Uh-huh. That we so, don't want to yeah, do it. Feeling like a failure. Feeling like a failure. Negativity. Negativity. I like that. Right. Doubt. Major doubt. Right. Or what about this plain, simple one right here? Right. I know everybody has felt this one. When I say something is hard, does that mean I actually want to do that task? No, no, I don't want to do it. Right. Now, there's some people out there that will say something is hard and they, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll love to jump into that. Right. But most of the time when we look at saying something is hard, 
right? Like pretty much growing out of a negative environment, um, getting away from a negative person, um, being able to, you know, display growth or wanting to grow, right? Oh, that's going to be hard. That's a mindset that we go ahead and we adapt to. And then guess what? It's 10 times now. And now, now the thing that we said is hard is now 10 times harder because that's what we put in our mind, right? So we got to be careful with our wording. And growth is the same thing. Growth is no different, guys. If you want to grow, then grow, right? We can't make excuses for wanting to grow. And growth doesn't have to be everything at once. If you have a busy schedule, changing maybe one thing at a time, right? One thing per month, one thing per year, whatever you choose to change, whatever you choose to grow better at, you can go ahead and do that. You don't have to go ahead and overwhelm yourself with putting on a whole bunch of tasks that is going to make the situation more difficult for you, right? So when it comes to growth, you want to be able to utilize one, a healthy mindset, right? Understanding what do you need to have a healthy mindset? What do you need to go ahead and be able to bridge that gap and show that growth? Do you want growth? Right? That's another question you got to ask yourself. Some people are happy where they are, right? And complacency. John said it best. Say that, say that again, John. Complacency is what? Comfort is where dreams and ambitions go to die. Comfort is where dreams and ambitions go to, right? Go to die, right? We don't want to do that, right? So the biggest thing is, um, one, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want that change? How bad do you want to grow? And how bad do you want to get out of that negative environment, right? Our minds can be negative environments too, guys, right? It doesn't actually have to be a place. It could actually be a thought process. Yeah, that's where fixed mindset is. Big time. Fixed right? mindset, negative no. self-talk, all that play a role in lack of growth. Definitely. And that's one of the biggest things that we got to take a look at, guys. Um, I have been guilty of it, you know, even being a therapist. Yes, I have been guilty of having a negative mindset, a fixed mindset, right? And just not really growing. Um, and then I had to realize and I had to say to myself, OK, well, one, do I want to grow? The answer was yes. And then I proceeded to make that move from there. Um, you can make anything happen if you're willing to put in the work. That's one of the main things that I tell everyone. Um, I can have a person that's extremely depressed, right? Severe depression. They deal with it every day. They're lack of they're not motivated. They don't want to get out to bed. They don't want to do anything with themselves. I can have somebody that's severely depressed. And the first question I ask them is, well, let me know when you're ready to move. And then they give me a crazy look, <laughs> right? They look at me like I'm nuts. And then I say, no, for real, let me know when you're ready to move. Because nothing is going to work for you unless you're ready to move. That's right. You have all the tools in the world, but until you're ready to apply them, you can't go anywhere. That's it. That's it. And I remind people that they have a toolbox sitting right in or right in their lap, right? We all have the capabilities of getting past certain things or moving forward and growing in our environments. And we have to be the ones to be able to choose to use those tools. If we don't want to use those tools, then guess what? They're going to sit there. They're going to get rusty, right? And then... 
we're going to be stuck in the same place that we started at. So use your tools, folks. Your mic might be off, John. How about that? I use these things 10 times a day, and I finally did not <clears throat> Is there anyone who wants to share any stories of personal growth or things they're thinking about that they want to bounce off of Rick uh, that they're struggling with at this moment? I'm struggling. I understand you. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I'm struggling with growing out of my workplace environment. I'm very comfortable where I'm at, but I know I need to get out of it. Okay. So let me ask you, what makes that work environment comfortable for you? Talk about that. I think it's because I know I know how to go day to day. Like I, I don't have to I don't question myself. I'm comfortable in my knowledge of the job and what needs to get done that I'm scared to start a new job elsewhere where I have to um, grow out of my comfort zone and learn a new skill or learn a new place. Wow, that was a big one right there. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank you so much for saying that, Hannah. Um, fear. Fear is major, guys, when it comes to growth, right? The fear of the unknown right? Fear of jumping. Um, but the one thing that I always tell people is it's okay to have that natural fear, but do we allow that fear to debilitate us? Do we allow that fear to keep us stagnant? And then when we're feeling stagnant, do we get in, in, in a low mood zone, right? To where we're not satisfied, we're no longer happy. So my thing is, um, why are you afraid to take a risk? I think I think I've always been afraid to take risks because I'm scared of uh, making the wrong decision and messing up. Okay. I'm a perfectionist. And I want to make sure that I do everything right and I don't put myself in a difficult position mentally, physically, financially. But by doing that, I'm still keeping myself in a physically. Yeah, uh, there you go. <laughs> place. So it's kind of I, I struggle and go back and forth with do I stay? Do I go? And it's just a constant cycle that you can't get out of. Well, the biggest thing, the biggest thing I see is that you're going to want to ask yourself, how bad do you want that change? Right. If you really feel that you're ready for that change, then take that risk, right? And guess what, guys? What's a mistake? Can anybody define what a mistake is for me? All right? You can tell me your own lessons definitions. Of your Say it again. Their lessons learned for me. Uh-huh. Very good. Excellent, right? So when we take a risk, and if it's a risk that ends up being a mistake, then it's a lesson learned, right? It's a definite lesson learned. Now, when it comes to, as far as, like you said before, if it's like a financial thing or anything like that, then you gotta be, you, you gotta outweigh your odds, right? You gotta weigh your odds out. You gotta go ahead and say, okay, well, 
when it comes down to it, how bad do I want this change? Because if I am totally not happy with where I'm at, which means I'm comfortable where I'm at, but I'm not happy where I'm at because I know this pays the bills and this is good, but I feel like I got more in me and I could do better, then what exactly can stop you from doing better? Right? A part of that is going to want, you're going to have to have that want, that need, right? You're going to have to have that, um, what is it, like a, like the desire to want to make that move, right? And yes, you're going to be afraid. And being afraid is okay. It's not a negative at all. Right. When I made my move from New York to Georgia, I was scared as hell. Right. It was a very different environment for me. But the one thing I had to realize was that I put it in my mind that my change was going to be something that was was, was going to definitely be a change for me. And I wasn't going to allow it to fail. Right. I put that pressure on myself and that work on myself to make sure that whatever I did when I moved, I was going to make this work out. So that's a big part of change, too. you got to almost have like a confidence in you that's going to say, hey, regardless of anything, when I make this move, I'm making this move for the better. And like Kelsey said, lessons learned. Mm hmm. You will learn from mistakes. All the time. And that doesn't mean, so was it a mistake, right? Not necessarily, right? <clears throat> There's been several times I've made decisions that didn't work out in my favor. But I don't look at them as a mistake because there was so much, so many things I learned by taking that chance. Right? It allowed me to grow. It allowed me to learn what not to do again, right? And it also showed me stuff within myself. Mistakes are a natural part of growth. And, and when we're taking chances, right, when we're taking a risk, because even a word, the word sounds, you know, it, 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 you know, you know, risk has like a scary connotation to it, right? It has a scary definition to it. Right. But the one biggest thing that you said, and which is great, John, is the fact is that, you know. When you make a mistake, you learn from that mistake and then you go ahead and improve on it for your next run. That's a part of growth. Right. Um, the key is you don't want to stay stagnant in a place that's going to make you unhappy anyway. Right. So for you, Hannah, I have to ask you. Like, are you happy where you are? No. Right. So if you're not happy where you are, what are the steps that you have taken to start planning for a new move? Um, uh, recently in the past week, I've taken the step to apply at other places and openly look for another job. Excellent. That's the first step right there. So guess what you have done successfully? My first step. Ah, that's it, girl. The most that's important step. Big time. Big, 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 big time. That is the most important step. Starting the race. Right? Sure. You rather you you want to start the race, guys, right? That's the whole point. You don't want to sit on the sidelines. 
right? Hoping to get into the race. Because that's what happens when we get comfortable. We don't, we're on the sidelines and we're like, well, this job pays good. It's all right. I'm comfortable. It pays the bills. But then you, you feel empty. You feel you you feel monotony. You feel like a, a constant routine, right? And I don't knock anybody that feels they need to do that. I I can't, you know. But the one thing is, if you want more, go get it, right? Uh, we're we're in a world where nothing lands in your lap, right? And even if it lands in your lap, and you got to work ten times harder <laughs> to maintain it. That's right. It's not going to be easy. I mean, you got to take you got to take chances. You got to be able to embrace challenges. That's part of having a growth mindset. It's scary, guys. It's it's not easy, you know. And like I've said a thousand times on the show, you know, we're just encouraging expanding the thought process of a growth mindset because I know for years I handicapped myself from the blessings I'm getting now. Because I had a fixed mindset and it was scary, you know, and you fail a lot. But also the 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 top 10 wealthiest entrepreneurs of all time have one thing in common. A failed business. Mm -hmm. It happens. It's what you do after that. Right. And I've said a thousand times, whatever's best for your mental health is OK. If if working eight to five. Um, making, you know, paying your bills, doing what you got to do. Hey, I'm all for it. It's not about that. We're, we're for whatever supports your mental health the best, right? So <clears throat> is there going to be a little bit of uncertainty? Absolutely, right? But also, you know, um, we joke about it at work now because you go on my LinkedIn, I've got what seems like 5,000 certificates and various things. But when COVID hit and they, that you know, it slowed down, I was like, there's not a single certificate out there that if I'm capable of getting it, I'm going to get it because you got to almost make your resume recession proof. And one thing that came out of 2020 was, you know, I'm sure it's like that, Rick, you may know, and some of you others on here in your profession. Definitely in the construction profession, it's hard to find people because so so many people went out on their own because they felt disrespected by their, their place of employment or they were let go or they were given the opportunity to, to grow into their own entrepreneurship. But there's so many people now in this day of age that are entrepreneurs are trying to do some of that. You know, I work a full time job, but we have four side businesses, you know. That allows us not to stress about the four side businesses. They can organically grow because we don't rely on them. That is a blessing. But is it stressful? Yeah, because we're counting down how much time in a day we have to actually work on those things, right? I've got an awesome wife that helps, that runs most of it, and I help out when I can. But I would rather, and I don't want to use the word waste but I'm going to use it just for this analogy. I'd rather waste my time on us building something than I would on something that's not building anything. Right. So yeah, I'll go to that football game. If I can, I might have some side work to do. Does it fit my agenda? 
Does it fit our goals? Does it fit where we're trying to get to? Okay. If it's not slowing it down or slowing me down, slowing us down, I'll do it. And that was one big jump I had made that's led to where I am now because used to, I didn't look at it like that. I didn't look at how is this decision going to affect the outcome of my self-improvement, my self-help, my self-help, my self-love, my businesses, my my work, my circle that's this small, you know. Now, when you when you sit there and you write down what what is important to me and what that looks like and where I want to go and what it's going to take to get there. Let me let Rick back in. He kicked himself out, it looks like. But what it looks like to get there, right? I did a, I did an episode, one of the first ones called Build a Better Boat. And the analogy in Build a Better Boat was who's the captain, right? So say you and your friends, you and your significant other, whatever, get on this boat in Key West and you want to go to the Bahamas, okay? And you get on this boat with this guy and it's like whatever it costs. You're like, hey, man, you know, you get out there for about 30 minutes. You're like, hey, man, how long is it going to take to get there? And he's like, I don't know. You're like, okay, well, where are we going? And he's like, I don't know. And you're like, how's the weather going to be? And he's like, I don't know. How confident are you going to be in that? You're not. You're going you're gonna to create fear for yourself. You're going to wonder where the heck you're even going to end up, right? But why do we do that in our lives? That's the punchline. We do that to ourselves. We don't know where we're going, mm -hmm. how long it's going to take to get there, and what storms might get in the way. Now, you, you can't know, predict it's, everything, it's, but unless you have a goal, six month, one year, three year, five year, 10 year, whatever that looks like, guys, it could be a one day, day to day goal. As long as you got something, you'll stay on path. Mm hmm. You know, what's the big thing, too, John, is that um, realize it or not, guys, um, we're taught to have that fear. Sounds crazy, right? But it's the truth. We're taught to have that fear. When we look at the Americanized standard of what we're supposed to do, right? You know, go to school, do this, do that, get a job, right? Work long hours, get a pension, right? or, you know, retirement, right? And this is what it is, you know, married, have children, you know what I mean? Like, this is kind of what is stated within the standard of what is considered a comfortable life, right? In school, how many people have had a teacher um, or any teacher or even a school that said, nah, man, listen, take a risk, go for it. None. You know, uh, I know I did. Go ahead. I said none. None. So, so we got two people that said none. Anybody else on the none factor? Well, school teaches you an employee employee's mentality. Uh-huh. Right. So think about that, guys. We're taught that. We're taught to have that fear. So when it comes to now going out there and doing something different, taking a chance, right? Gambling, and not necessarily a bad gamble, because we got to realize 
you know, any way we put it, we have perseverance. So we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to sit around and not have a job. Right. Um, but it's the fear of, well, what would happen if I lose this and then I go here and I'm not happy here? Happiness, guys, is not dictated by your job. Happiness is dictated by your mindset and then mm -hmm. what you put into the job. And now if you have a bad job that's taken away from your personal happiness, now that's what you got to change for yourself. So if you have a job that you feel like is sucking the life out of you and you're there all the time and, you, you know, they're, they're getting extra hours from you and all this extra time from you, um, then that's a major thing, guys. You know what I mean? We got to take a look at that and be able to understand that and say to ourselves, hold on, what am I doing, right? If I'm not happy, what kind of change, what kind of chance do I feel like I need to take? That's why I gave you so much credit, Hannah. Like, you know, um, when you said, hey, I am currently looking for a new job, that is super excellent because that is you actually making a move. Right. So now you're getting you're fighting back on your fear. And it's going to be it's meant to be scary. Right. But it shouldn't be scary. <laughs> right. You know, make you a little nervous, but that's where growth comes. That's when you know you're yeah. doing something right. You know, that, that's what happens, guys. Guys, I never saw myself doing therapy. If any of you would have met me back never in the day. Come from comfort zones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Real talk. That's just what that's just really what it is. I never saw myself doing therapy. Never. Never. Right? And then lo and behold, I took a chance. I said, you know something? Let me see what this is all about. And I did it and I fell in love with it. And from there, I'm happy doing it, right? This is what I do. Right? It doesn't feel like a job for me. So it has smooth seeds never made skilled sailor, sailor, sailors can <laughs> mm -hmm. I tried to get an emoji thumbs up and I kept getting in the word, way of the word. I couldn't read what it said. You <laughs> from Alabama? Yeah, obviously. How about anybody else? Anybody else got any testimonies on growth or, or a decision they got coming up that they may need some advice on? Oh, somebody from iPhone 142 says something about chains. Chains hold us. Oh, I like that one. Right. Miss Paula. So, you know, yes, that was me. I don't like talking in public. Neither do I. <laughs> Here you go, Paula. I'll make it easy for you, girl. Hey, Paula, I'll make it easy for you. You ready? I'm looking, Paula. Go ahead. Say it, girl. <laughs> well, it this brought to mind the scripture where the Israelites tied God's hands just by their unbelief and their refusing to move forward by just the chains of fear. They were fearing the future that God had right there in front of them. Wow. Now, Paula, can I say something real quick to you? Yes, sir. I thank you so much for that. You literally just took a risk talking to everybody. Give yourself a hand, girl. <laughs> Good job. Anyone else got anything?
so I know, you know, everyone on here knows me, knows our personal journey. You know, me and my wife took a chance by uprooting and moving, you know, stayed away. Um, but there's been so much validation. Was it a little scary? Not so much for me because I had done it before. If if she was scared, she never showed it. Um, we had a lot of faith in the way things were lining up, and it has been nothing but validation after validation oh. since since moving here. That it was definitely part of a bigger plan. It has allowed us to grow. Um, you know, there's been instances in my life, like I'll be honest with you, the first time I ever started my own business. I went on a vacation and came back with $400 in my checking account and started a company. Now, that was probably one of the scariest things I had ever done. But because I didn't have any other options but to do it, because I was what they say all in, I prospered. So you can channel that anxiety. And Rick, you're good on discussing that. You can channel that anxiety. Like I remember when I was 420 pounds. And I've talked about this on a podcast. I would go to the doctor, but I'm dying. I got a heart attack, you know, whatever. My chest hurts, whatever it was, you know. And they would say, man, you've been here literally 12 times the last three months. And they said, if you would channel your anxiety towards getting better, you will see an outcome. And I think with growth and making decisions, yes, it's meant to be nervous is meant to be anxious because you're rattling stuff you're rattling change you're rattling boundaries you're rattling guardrails you're rattling comfort so it's going to be uncomfortable right it's what you do with it you channel that nervous energy into showing up for yourself every single day in and day out make it a presence for yourself you will prosper from that we also get stuck in the lane, John, of of, of what we're going to lose. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big one for a lot of people. What am I going to lose? You know, I don't want to lose my comfort, right? Like, I'm good now, but what will the unknown bring? Right? And that's the biggest thing that we do sometimes, but we don't realize that we dictate, we dictate that. Right? We dictate what we lose and what we gain. Putting the brakes on the pedal again. Yeah, that's the whole point. You know, I want to move, but I don't know, though. You know, I want to put my foot on the gas, but I'm not sure. I'm going to call one person out on here, and I hope he can answer because I think he's at an airport right now. Devin, if you can hear me speak out. Devin is my nephew. He might as well. I call him my cousin because he's one of my older half-sister's children, but he's real close to us. And in my family... Dev and I are a lot alike. He grew up in Florida, um, moved in with us uh, in high school. But if I could compare my story to anyone's is Devin's because Devin is another individual that has a growth mindset and has never been scared to take chances. <laughs> Devin, you feel like speaking on some of that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. I mean, nice to meet all y'all and Sorry for my late joining podcast. I was uh, traveling in from work to my home and uh, like we just got a little bit delayed. But 
Yeah, I identify with a lot of stuff you guys are saying, and I think what it really comes down to is fear can limit you on a lot of things. Uh, as JR mentioned, when I was 16, I left the state of Florida uh, to go live with JR and her John and, and my family. But, you know, doing that, it was it was literally a uh, garbage bag of clothes and a Honda Civic that I filled up with my last $10 and left and, you know, not knowing whether or not I was going to make it in high school or how the family was going to receive me turned out to be a real defining point in my life. But I think one of the important takeaways in my career path is sometimes you just have to let chaos around you happen. And sometimes you have to let those fears and those indecisiveness just sort of let it fall where it's going to fall because you mentioned mistakes. And I think one of the biggest things that I've learned from mistakes is the, the pieces are going to fall where they fall. And you always learn from where they fall because you have to pick back up at that moment and put them back together and move on. That's right. I think the biggest travesty at the end of the day is, is not taking the chance. Because I look back on an, an off-the-whim meeting. It could have been someone messaging me on Facebook. I don't know what the situation is. I could have met them at church or whatever. And I think, man, if I would not have went and ate lunch with that dude, or if I didn't stay 15 minutes after this meeting to, to chat with this guy, I wouldn't be where I am. And that's scary. When you ever get in a situation like that, it can even be a relationship about, well, if I wasn't where I was at that point, at that time, in that mindset, this would have never happened. Guys, that's scary, right? To me, that's more scary than taking a chance to start with. So you have to take chances, you know, I, I don't advise taking um, sporadic chances like, what's the best way to say it? Um, impulsive like, decisions. Impulsive decisions. That's the word I was looking for without bringing up the word bipolar. Impulsive decisions, <laughs> right, <laughs> is um, not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about well-thought, slept-on decisions, saying, you know what, like Hannah, enough is enough. I'm not getting anywhere with this. I know there's better. I know I can do better. I know I can deserve better. And you think about that to almost you're losing sleep, guys. It's time to make change, okay? Um, there's, there's plenty of times where I was like, you know what, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I could have woke up because someone's wanting chocolate milk. But now my mind's on what I don't like about my job. And I can't go back to sleep. And I'm having 15,000 conversations for 8 a.m. And I've had them so many times, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Right? Mm -hmm. But you have to make a decision. Am I willing to continue to go down that path? Or am I willing to create my own path? Right? And I've said this in, in podcasts previously, you know, um, obstacles aren't, the aren't in the way of the path. They are the path. Yeah, the craziest part, John, too, is that people don't realize, and this is something that, you know, I, I want to kind of go back to you, too, Hannah. Change is an energy. Sure. Right? Change is an energy. So, Hannah, I want you to explain something to me. What energy did you feel for yourself when it came to wanting to make that change with your, with your job? What kind of, what did you feel? Mm, like the do you mean the um energy that made me want to make the change or the energy yeah. that I um oh yeah um i 
I, I realized that I have no energy. This job is sucking everything out of me and mm. it's just making me more negative and I'm radiating more negative energy because I have no energy sucking the life out of me. Wow. So look at that, guys. Right. Prime example. Thank you so much, Hannah. That, that right there. The reason why, that's the reason why I asked that question. Yes. Big time. So, guys, we got to understand energy talks to us. Right. In many different ways. Right. And, and, and Hannah for Hannah, as an example, the way her energy spoke to her was negatively. Right. I'm not happy. I'm, I'm being drained by this job. I'm coming home in the mood. Um, I feel that pit in my stomach when I got to get up and go or, you know, I feel super lethargic after coming back. I don't have any energy for myself. Right. That negative energy speaks to you. So in essence, when it comes to that change energy, the way you can understand how you feel it is when you're when you're looking at how it's not making you happy. Right. Now, if you're naturally not a happy person, then that's a whole nother level. Right. But when we're looking at the aspects of change in, my, in, in our life, we got to understand that change is an energy. Right. Change, again, speaks to us, guys. Right. It speaks to us in many different ways. If we have a bad relationship. Right. Right. Has anybody has anybody on this call had a bad relationship? Everyone on this call. For sure. Except for right? David. David's been married 100 years, so he probably hasn't had one. David, you're the man. Um, <laughs> but thank you, sir. I was going to call you out, John. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> no, but like guys, you know, in our lifetimes, we've we've had bad we've had bad relationships, and we all knew it was bad. We all we felt that energy, right? You felt when you weren't equally yoked with that person. You felt when it was like, oh my gosh, like. I got, I love this person. I like this person, but, oh, something's just rubbing me the wrong way, right? So that was the energy. That was that change energy talking to you, saying, hey, hey, listen, hey, I, I don't know about you, but this is not good, right? And it's the same thing when it comes to our jobs. It's the same thing when it comes to life decisions. It's the same thing, even in health, right? Even in health, if our bodies are not mm -hmm. right, guys, what does our body do? Shuts down. And that's talking to us. Mm -hmm. Our body is talking to us. And that, guys, is a form of energy, right? Your body is yeah. telling you, yo, you got to do something. Get up, walk. Hey, we got to exercise. Hey, my, your heart ain't pumping right. Hey, man, you, hey, well, listen, you, 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 all you did was get up from the couch to go to the bathroom and you're winded. Not good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it talks to us. It speaks to us. So we got to realize that change is like anything else. It's an energy, right? And you know when it's time to change when you're feeling that energy. If it's negative energy you're feeling, you're going to understand that. It's going to talk to you. And change can also be positive energy. When you're doing that change, when you're feeling good, when you feel like you're making a move. Right? That excitement. So understand, guys, that's the one thing I just wanted to push out. Change is an energy. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and, and talking about working out and your body, right? So cortisol, correct me if I'm wrong, Rick. So mm -hmm. cortisol is um, chemical you produce through anxious moments, mm -hmm. right? And 
working out will completely eliminate that mm-hmm. because then your body is focused on the calories burning, the exercise that you're performing. So mm-hmm. your brain can't think about anxious feelings and working out at the same time. That's why it's so productive, right? Then we mm-hmm. talk about your diet, okay? Dopamine, okay? The feel-good hormone. When you get that big paycheck, you wouldn't expect like, oh, yeah, it's not on me. And nothing could stop your 10-foot bulletproof. That's dopamine. Mm-hmm. 50% of dopamine lives in your gut. It's what you eat, okay? Then you got serotonin. Serotonin is what balances your moods, your happy thoughts, your negative thoughts, your depression, your anxiety, all of that. And would you be surprised that 90 to 95 percent of serotonin lives in your gut, not in your brain? So that's why exercise is important. That doesn't mean go to the gym and be a buff guy, you know, gym rat. Do something, you know. My wife walks dogs three times a day for money and gets her exercise. You know, you could park a half a mile from Target and walk in. Don't have to get the first closest. There's little bitty things you can do to get exercise, guys. But food is important and you should research it um, to see what you're eating because the, the you are what you eat. I mean, that, that was a joke back in the day, but it's actually very factual the older you get. Real. That's super you know, real. and I think that's one one things, and I'm not going down that path, but public schools fail to teach you more about nutrition outside the five food groups, et cetera. Everybody has to learn. You know, they fail to mention that. They fail to mention how to run your own business because even and Rick had told me one time he was at an event and that got brought up and someone said to you, Rick, well, somebody's got to work at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, sir. Yep. So it's up to us to push that envelope. You know what I mean? Like I've preached on several, you know, people that know me in conversation. I may have mentioned that on the previous webinar podcast about time, but I'm I'm big on a time trip right now where your time is your time. It's not your wife's time, your boyfriend's time, your your best friend's time, your work's time by no means, right? Your kid's time is your time because you're the only one that can spend it. No one else can spend your time for you, right? Now, they can drag you down and waste your time, right? Mm -hmm. But when your time's up, your time's up. You can't buy more of it. You can't borrow time from the person who's been wasting it for you, you know? So, like, even with my company, and there's a couple of dudes on here that I work with every day. I'm like, no, like you get, they get this block of time and that is it. Like it ain't happening past that. Yeah. I mean, it can for some monetary reimbursements, but I'm getting paid for this block of time and you're not about to get this block of time. And it's the same thing with friends, family or anybody. If it doesn't match the energy that I have dedicated for that time, you're not getting it. And, and that's not being selfish, guys. That's self-love. You know, because no one on their deathbed ever said, you know what? I wish I'd have took that job and made more money. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, I wish I had more time. Think about that. It's your time. It's no one else's time. Don't waste it. Mm-hmm. 
and don't give it away for free. Absolutely not. Once you, you open up that, you yeah, I just, <laughs> once you give it away for free, it is expected from that point forward. Great. Okay. All they will do is take advantage of it and expect it. And that becomes the new norm until they put the pinch on and you give more. And then that. So what you have done is created a threshold of expectations that your body, your brain, your time cannot account for. If you're going to waste that much time making somebody else money, waste that daggum time on making you money. The goal ain't to always work for somebody else. The goal is to use their money to build your wealth doing what you want to do. Or you're just making them money at the end of the day. You're just another number, guys. That's I've always told I've always told a lot of my I've always told a lot of my clients, um, a lot of people that I, you know, when I talk to them, I used to have a guy, right? He was like big time. He was like really, really busy, always working, you know, very wealthy. Um, but he would dedicate his life to the company. And I I remember one time he couldn't even answer this question. Like he was like kind of stuck. And I said, well, when you die, are they going to put that on your tombstone? His pay stub? <laughs> yeah. First thing I said, I said, I said, when you die, are they going to put your pay stub on your tombstone or are they going to are they going to say, hey, this this here is Larry, the best worker ever for our company or are they, or 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 are they going to go ahead, maybe come to your funeral, maybe depending on how high up in the company you are and what you brought in, maybe come to your funeral Give maybe, you know, go ahead and, you know, give their condolences to your mate and go ahead and try to find your replacement the next day. If they haven't already. If they haven't already. Yeah. So I saw a meme on Facebook earlier and I probably won't get 100 percent right because um, it was a pretty long one. But it says 100 years from now. You need to think about that. Whatever house you own now that you paid for and sometimes refinance and paid for it over and over again, someone else is going to be living it. Your legacy that you left, the cars that we worked our butts off to pay for, the taxes we paid, someone else is going to reap those benefits. So if you're working for pennies and you've got what you got from that, I'm not knocking that, but you've got to realize what is it for? What is the what is the effort of time you're putting into it, right? You've got to really put in perspective how you spend your time and spend your money. You know, I told I told somebody from my company the other day, I was they're like, how do you do what you do for us and have four side businesses? I'm like, because of my four side business allows me to work for you. So what I mean by that, right? My work money pays the bills. Our side businesses are fun. So I can either go to another company and make what I make on the side businesses plus what I make for you and not work for you, but that's going to be your loss, not mine. And that's the attitude you got to have. That's not being cocky. That's being confident. And you know what you bring to the table. Hannah, like, is your... Money. Uh, what, Devin? I was going to ask Hannah if her career change decision was based around something she's doing now. Or is it something that she's wanting to get into that's different? It is something different. It's something I want to get into. Um, 
I am wanting to get into an entry level position within what I just went to school for because I feel like I'm wasting my time where I'm at right now. I went to school for something totally different. I don't want to waste that. And do wow. you feel that that change is going to provide you a better quality of life or perhaps better family time or maybe even like a faith-based time? Because you had mentioned energy and the negative energy. And the only reason I asked that is because in my previous career before COVID, you know, I was very driven by money and status. And I, it took me a long time to realize that I was working outside of normal business hours and I was encroaching on my divulging enough attention my negative energy was carrying home uh with me on my shoulders every day and even though i was happy in my career you know others around me were suffering pretty heavily so sometimes mm -hmm. when you make that decision to make the change it can be scary even if it is something you recently you know obtained a degree in or it's a, a lateral change but if you can attribute it to a value like i wanted my family to be happier i wanted a better quality of life for them the monetary amount necessarily wasn't the driving force any, anymore, but the quality that I obtained after was a game changer. Mm -hmm. It created more peace. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking for is I, I want to be able to create a wall between work and home. I'm tired of bringing home my negative energy and taking it out on everybody and not only would changing my career be a financial help, but it would be a mental relief as well. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm so ready to make the change. And I think I'm finally getting over to the point to where I'm, I'm ready just to, I would not be mad if I found a new job tomorrow and left this other one. It would well, be such a I'll tell you this, Hannah, you know, we know you pretty well, and you're going into a season of a lot of ch changes. Marriage, moving, it's much easier to mix them all together at one time than to split them up. A lot of people would say split them up so you're not doing too much at once. Well, then you're going, you're putting yourself through that worry, that anxiety for an extended period of time. But you're getting ready to move to a whole different state, a whole different region of the country. You're getting married. It's going to be a whole new lifestyle change for you. To me, that's the point to go ahead and just do it all and start over with a clean slate so that your new home, your new marriage, your new job can learn a new habit. Right. Absolutely. And sometimes that change, you know, like taking on all that at once, you really self-identify with something deep and it makes you a better person in the end. Because you can look in the mirror and you can smile back at yourself. That's right. Yeah, I just like me, like I used to work with Hannah. And um, I mean, I got so fed up with that job. I looked at John and was like, I'm quitting today. Today is the day, which I had already been looking. But I read an email and it pissed me off. And I was like, today's the day. I am going today. So I emailed back and I was like, this will be my notice of resignation and deuces. And yeah. And that was almost a year ago. And so much has changed since then. And like, my attitude's better. Like, yeah, everything's just 
working out so much better. Yeah, at the beginning, we were like, well, how are we going to do it? And, you know, we both had the – because we're both driven the same way, we were like, it's figure-outable. That's one of her favorite catchphrases. Everything's figure-outable. And, and it was. We did small things. Yeah, we, we did some things that we had to do. I had to work some weekends and whatever to get through that season. But when we got on the other side of that season, it was lights out. All we had to do was buy a little bit of time. So we got exactly where we wanted to get. We get we're go we're still heading. Like like with us, we've accomplished so much that it's like, okay, what's the next step? It's just like the podcast I had called Level Up. If you were you in a video game, would you play the daggum video game? Probably not. Because video games don't like people sitting on the couch eating whatever, watching TV. They want things that are actually doing something that's leveling up to the next level, right? So even with us, we've accomplished so much, and everybody around us has seen that, that we're still thriving. I don't want to ever stop. You know, I've said that in a podcast before was I'm a work in progress, and I hope that I remain a work in progress because as long as I'm a work in progress, I'm progressing. Uh Right? So that's the mentality you got to have is it's not how can I get there and stop. You will fail if you do that. The problem is stopping. It's how can I get there and use that company, that opportunity, as a stepping stone to get where I want to go. And you might get where you want to go. You know, you may want to open a business, get there, get a taste of it, but time to sell it. We did that with our insurance agency in less than a year. Time up, let's start something else. So we did. Yeah. It's all about learning something in those seasons that you can take with you. Think about this. A lot of y'all private play video games, but let me catch you up on it. When you play level one, you learn this much of the game and learning that much and executing that gets you to the next level. And the next level, you learn this much more of the game. So you put that with the first level of knowledge and you get to the third level and so on and so forth. That's how life is, guys. You may take this career, this job, but you got you got to take it as, you know what, you just got out of school, you know. So you got to take it as another schooling of some sort. It's just a school of hard rocks. It's a school of knowledge-based on-the-job training, and you use that to level up the next time. We should never stop leveling up. Even when See, you what we got to realize, up. too, John, is that we, when in growth, right, like with growth, yeah. we will we will constantly grow with what we become passionate about. That's right. So when you have a job, like prime example for Hannah, with this job, you know, from what I'm hearing from Hannah, she, you know, she's like, hey, I got a degree in it. I, so that means you have an interest in what you're going for. Right? That's a natural interest in what you're going for. So when, you, when I'm hearing that, I'm honestly hearing that you're going to excel at that job because you already put in the prior work to get mm-hmm. the degree in it, right? To get the certificate in it. So you're naturally going to go ahead and excel once you hit that job because you're already putting in that work without even realizing it. That's right. And what you got to do, how long did you go to school, Hannah? Four years? Mm-hmm. Don't let nobody tell you you're new. What the hell did you go to school for? You see what I'm saying? And you hold that. You say, no, I just got out of school. I've already did this four years. Yeah, all four years wasn't necessarily that criteria. But that's your resume. You know what you're worth, and that's what you tell them. You know, when I just got the raise or the, the promotion at my company, it was, oh, superintendents don't go to project managers. Project managers uh, make less than superintendents. I said, well, I guess I'm not going to be here. 
because this is what I'm making. This is where I'm going. So it's your loss, not mine. You know, so we made it work. I gave a little bit. They gave a little bit. There's some incentives. We made it work. I think it's also important to realize, Hannah, that, you know, you do have a previous experience with your career and how you translate that into your next job is kind of like that level up mentality. You've already learned a little bit level one, your previous employment or your current employment. You went to school, you got more. That's level two. Now, level three is entering with that mentality and that growth and that mindset that you're actually ahead of the game because you're not just walking out like a spring chicken. You know, you do have experience that is going to translate to that job in some manner. And when you're looking for those key positions and key roles, you're going to identify with those just like a keyword index and a resume, right? Like you want it to match. So like the, that skill set is going to make you more valuable than just say, somebody that just went from high school right to college and then they're entering the field. But the important part is not let them dumb you down. You don't deserve that. You don't deserve, oh, well, you're new. No. No, you're not. I mean, you might be new to that company, but that's just a culture change, culture change, right? You know what you're made of. You know what you're capable of doing. And you tell them that. You said, hey, you sit down with, with your husband, you know, and you say, we can't do less than this. And then don't change it. And that's what you tell them. And then you look and look and look until you find it. And keep that employer's mentality, meaning, yes, I work for somebody right now, but my ultimate goal is to work for myself. How can you help me get to that? They may say, you know what? That's not what we're looking for. Well, then that's not what I'm looking for. I mean, it's really that simple. The best position is to already have a job while you're doing all that, because then you don't have to worry about risking it all. Now, I've done that where I risked it all, and I was successful doing that as well. But I don't really recommend that for everyone, right? So while you're still where you are now, test the waters, demand. You know, you're almost, I, I treat an interview, and my wife has heard me do interviews. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, you tell them straight up what it is and what you're going to do. I'm like, well, yes, yeah, my life, we're changing here. Like, it's us. So, yeah, I'm going to tell them exactly what I expect and what I want. Couple of the fellows that work with me right here know that's how I'm built. You know what I mean? So you got to have that mentality that this is where I'm going. This is what's going to take to get there. And, and either you're good with my growth pattern. That's the number one thing you need to ask when you get a new job is what is the growth pattern for me? Because by me being here, I'm growing you. But what are you doing to grow me? Right? If they can't answer that, walk out. Investment, investment, investment. Exactly. But what you don't be afraid to bet on don't be afraid to invest in yourself and bet on yourself. That's right. You know, Hannah, Hannah, and anybody else in this room, and um, you know you. You know yourself. Try. Right. And it's still so young. If you know, since you know yourself, don't be afraid to invest in yourself and understand this. I have a game that I used to play with a lot of my clients. Um, it was called Famous Failures. Guys, you'd be surprised of how many famous people, the people that we love and we watch on TV and we listen to when we cut on their songs and we go ahead and we, you know, we admire from business to anywhere else. You will be extremely surprised of how many of them have 
failed, but they kept going. They didn't stop, right? So if if, if failure is a, is a fear for you, keep going, keep pushing, right? Life is meant to have obstacles. It's okay, but it's how we traverse through those obstacles, climb those walls, right? Swim through that tough sea in order to be able to move forward. And the fear of failure will lead you to failing quicker if you let it, right? Mm -hmm. That is thinking worst case scenario, which was a podcast episode about that. And I'm, I'm still guilty of worst case scenario thinking sometimes because of so, so much of my traumatic experiences with people. It's hard for me to, to trust scenarios, right? So, but what thinking the worst case scenario does is now you're you're here. Reality's here, but you're thinking worst case scenario is here. So what you just did is you just opened up this threshold to allow yourself to get there. Does that make sense? So, for instance, picture your coffee cup is where you are. Okay. A jug is where you need to be, but your bathtub is your worst case scenario. You fill that water up, you don't turn off, fills the jug up, you don't turn off, you're pouring all that emotion, water, into that bathtub, and now you've actually reached the worst case scenario mm -hmm. by manifesting it. That makes sense? So that's where the guardrails are very important. This is where I'm going. This is where what it's going to take to get there. And you have to keep yourself accountable for that path. Like I said, yeah. obstacles aren't in the path. They are the path. If you're hiking yeah. with a backpack and you're two miles up a mountain and there's a tree and a rock in that path, are you turning around and going home? No. You're what? Climbing over it or around it to get where you're going. Mountains were made to climb, not to carry with you. And that's how you got to think, guys. I mean, honestly, it really I know I make it sound easy, but it, I'm not teaching something I read from a book. My wife tells you she ain't never seen me read a book. I don't read books. Like, this is a lot. This is forged by fire. This is stuff that I've done a thousand times. And by the grace of God, I was able to come up all on top. We're still thriving. You know, and I want to save you guys from having to go down the same path I had to go down. That's the only reason why I do this is for passion of it, right? You know, and, and a lot of it I owe to Rick because, you know, I was in situations where I wasn't thinking of my self-value and I was dumbing myself down for relationship or at work. And he is like, man, like, that's your problem. Your problem is not you, but it is you. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you are putting yourself in that position with people who are holding you back. So that's where it's your fault, but there's nothing wrong with you per se, except for the decisions in the, in the company you, you're keeping, right? That's why when anybody that's starting relationships or going into relationships, I say, y'all sit down, you make daggum sure you're on the same page, not I like you, you like me, you're cute, you're cute, blah, blah, blah. No, where the heck do you want to be in five years? Where do I want to be in five years? Does that match? Because if it doesn't, 
there's no sense in going forward. One degree of separation, right? You and your spouse, you and your best friend, you and your work companion, whatever, right here. One degree of separation over a period of time gets further and further, further apart. Not every relationship, not every workmanship, not everything is perfect. That's where the guardrails come, just like when you're bowling. I've made this analogy a thousand times. When you're kitty bowling and it gets off, off the lane, it hits the guardrail and it bounces back. They're there for a reason, guys. doesn't mean they don't get a strike, but it's keeping you from going completely out of your lane. Right? So identify your guardrails, put them up, have conversations, fluid conversations, transparent conversations. This is where I'm going. This is what it's going to take to get there. Are you on board or are you not? Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Just means we're not on the same page. Sometimes it's just ugly truth. That could be relationships. That could be work. That could be friendships. That could be anything. You know? And, and no, when you do move outside of that environment, you are going to have less friends because they're not willing to grow with you. And you know what? It's their fault they're in the same place, not yours. You grew, you move on. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about stage in life, right? If they chose to stay there, that choice was theirs, not yours. You chose to move on and lead by example. If they're not picking up what you're putting down, shame on them. All you can do is stay true to yourself, keep thriving, keep doing what you're supposed to do, and hopefully be a lot house for someone else to see and you guide the way. Some best advice I can give you. If um, I'll say this one thing: if you fear and worry, and this is for everybody, if you fear and worry about what won't happen, you'll never be able to see what will happen. Try. So that's you know, the one. I'll, I'll keep that for you guys. I thought about this. Me, me and Chelsea were riding back a thing from Georgia, and it had nothing to do with Georgia. But we were talking about life and 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 people who make us mad or or whatever it was. I don't even remember. She's in the passenger seat. I'm in the driver's seat. I said, "Read what that mirror over it says." It's side view mirror, and she says, "Objects in the mirror may be closer than they seem." I said, "You ever wondered why it doesn't say that in the rearview mirror? Because you're leaving it. You need to look at who's beside you. Does that make sense? Because that's what's driving you every day." Right? There's a reason that on the rearview mirror, that stuff's supposed to be gone. And that's where you got to leave it. That's negative self-talk. That's that's doubt, se negative self-doubt. That's all that stuff. That could be mentally, emotionally, physically, or financially. That all the, 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 the crazy thing is, guys, is this pathway we're telling you about is the key to becoming more emotionally, mentally, physically, and financially confident. Because it applies to every aspect of life. Every aspect. And once you get it and it clicks, you're like, oh, this is so much easier. I'm actually in control of myself now. And when it comes to worrying, we've said it a thousand times, you can only worry about things you can control. Things that are out of your control, you can't worry about because you have no influence of changing it most of the time. So you can only worry about what you're meant to worry about. That's it. Circle of control. Circle of control.
guys, we've been going for like an hour and a half. Um, it's still like 95 degrees outside here, and I'm hot. Jesus. But yeah, it's it's miserable. But I appreciate each and every one of you guys for showing up. It means a lot to me to have you guys trust in Rick and myself to just waste your time for an hour and a half. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but, you know, we do appreciate you guys tuning in. It means more than you could ever imagine to us. You know, Rick's taking time away from his work schedule. You know, I'm adding to mine and you guys are taking time from your personal time. And I hope that we were able to give you something that would resonate in your life to allow you to grow and prosper and um, just give you a glimpse of hope that, that you guys can take that first step. And it's never as bad as it seems as long as it's not an impulsive first step. You've thought about it. you got a game plan, a strategy. You write it down, talk about it, and you just do it, right? First step's the most important. Talking yourself out of that first step is the worst thing you could ever do. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. And we'll have another one of these maybe next month or the month after. Um, just like last webinar, if you guys suggest any topics, we're really a, a you're not clients, but um, whatever, friend, friend-driven podcast like we want to talk to you through our experiences right so if there's something hey you know this would be a good topic me and rick would go over it if we think it's a good topic we'll do it um no surprise here hannah was the one that that offered the topic for out outgrowing your environment you know and thank it's you hannah about a lot yeah thank so you, you thank guys you. you guys can can you know message me if you have my number message rick you can email the you know podcast at the mindset reload.com um message me on facebook whatever it is if you got any suggestions we'd love to have you guys back next time we do one um we're going to get back in the saddle on doing the podcast uh pretty soon on a weekly basis um probably in september we'll be hitting it hot and heavy again every single week be some exciting footage on that, be exciting guests on that. We're going to dive into some stuff, a little bit more hardcore stuff, not so laid back. We're really going to dive into because the first season was really about, you know, pulling back the scab, so to speak, making you aware of certain things that could be different. And in this season, we're really going to dive in how to make them different, right? We're going to dive into game plan, get, uh, focused energy. We're going to, uh, uh, critical path to growth is something I use every day at work and, and in our life. So the season two, I'm very excited about. It's going to be more based on that. It's going to have a lot of uh, self-help topics and uh, some web content on our website that allow you to get through day-to-day -day stuff. So we love y'all. We appreciate you for taking the time to join us. And until next time, I hope you guys have a blessed day. All right, folks, be great. Mindset Reload. Thank y'all. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.